Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. All right, thank you and on with the show. When you have small children, life is full. Just getting through the day is an accomplishment. And from the first moment you hold your baby, you're very aware of your responsibilities as a parent. And I've found anyway that that can often translate into putting them first before everything else. We talk a lot about me time, uh, but it's considered a luxury, something to do when it fits in with everything else and what everyone else needs to do. But my next guest says that taking care of yourself should be top priority when you're a parent. Dr. Darren Morton is an internationally recognized lifestyle and medicine expert. His latest book is called Live More Happy, Scientifically Proven Ways to Lift Your Mood and Your Life. He joins us in the studio now to explain more. Hi, Darren. How are you? I'm very well. Lovely to be joining you. So why do you think me time isn't a luxury item? Oh, look, I think this is a hugely important topic. And and the reality is that we know that parenting is a service game isn't it? And what we also know is that to serve smart, and I actually talk about this in my book, but to serve smart, you actually need to learn to serve sustainably. And there is nothing more taxing than parenting. <laughs> so look, I'm the father of three children and um, you know, great kids and they're almost all teenagers now, but it is a tough gig. Let's, let's face the facts. And it is a giving game. And that's an honourable thing, you know. So it's 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 there's not a, a more important function in the in the universe, but that takes its toll. And uh, as you've you know alluded to in in, in the introduction there, um, you can't pour from an empty glass from an empty jug. And so we need to have strategies that we can keep topping ourselves up in order to keep giving, because otherwise, as we know, when people run dry. You know, when the, when the jug, when the glass is no longer full, then you've got nothing to give. And, and look, that's not beneficial for anyone, um, not just yourself, but even for those people that are in your care. And so, so your kids and your, you know, your spouse and your, your, you know, all of your other relationships. So look, hugely important topic. This is where I'm really, really interested in. And I suppose in large part, the book is, is about that. It's about strategies for self-care. You know, how can we keep ourselves in particular emotionally up? Right? Because we know that when people suffer emotionally, you know, when, you, when you're not happy, when you're actually, when your glass is empty, it's really hard to, um, you know, give in any way. And, and, and you know, as, as, as I've alluded to, parenting is very much an emotionally giving thing. So there are things that we can do. And so I think what encourages with me about some of the, the scientific evidence in this space in terms of what we can do to feel happier, for want of a better word, to be more emotionally resilient and up, um, are things that we can actually don't necessarily involve more time right? because parents are time poor often. Um, and so, but it's uh, things that we can do and just to embed in our everyday lifestyles. And so let me just share a couple of those. So first of all, some, some of the science here is, is quite intriguing to me. Um, we now know that, for example, nutrition actually has a lot bigger impact on people's emotional well-being than we previously thought. 
And in fact, what we've discovered is that um, there seems to be a, a what we call a dose-response relationship between how much plant foods people consume and their level of happiness, for want of a better word, or their emotional resilience. And you would think, really? How could that possibly? <laughs> I was thinking that. I was thinking sugar makes me happy. I don't think this is where the conversation <laughs> yeah. is going. Well, what's interesting, and, this is, and these are coming out of uh, some very large studies, ep- large epidemiological studies, we call them, uh, from the UK involving like 80,000 people. What we actually now know is that when people consume more fruits and vegetables one day, they tend to be happier and more emotionally robust the day after. And you thought, mm, this is really interesting. And so um, they've actually done so looked at why is that? Why is there this lag time? And I should I should add by the way, the happiest people tend to be those that consume at least eight serves of fruit and vegetables um, or other plant foods, which includes beans or whole grains, um, each day. Wow, <laughs> eight serves. I'm going to have to up my servings. Yes. And so um, why would that? Why would this? And in particular, why is this? There's this lag effect. Now what we've discussed. One of the most exciting new frontiers of medical research is looking at the gut microbiota. So this is, do you, do you know, this is this is actually isn't very uplifting for your self-esteem. So, but I'll break the news anyway. Uh, we actually now know that you have about 100 trillion bacteria in your gut. <laughs> right now, you think, well, that sounds a lot, but when you compare that to the fact that you only have about 10 trillion human cells in your body. Wow. What it means is that we're actually 10 times more bacteria than we are human. (laughs) (laughs) Just great for your self-esteem. But what we know is that um, this, particularly most of this, um, this, these bacteria live in the last part of our, you know, almost 10 meter long uh, gastrointestinal tract. And we actually know that um, the health status and the happiness status of this bacteria has a profound effect on our emotional brain as well. Uh, in fact, your gut now is in, in, among, in medical circles sometimes referred to as your second brain because the connections are so strong. So what we know is that when people have high fiber foods, fiber is the non-digestible part of plants, that actually makes the distance, goes all the way to the end of your um, gastrointestinal tract. Your bacteria feed off it. They love it. They get happy and they essentially make your brain happy. And so there's Are actually... Are you telling me that me time is all about eating bran and legumes and... Well, what I can tell you is that if <laughs> you... It's not cons- what I want to hear. <laughs> That's a- but if you consume foods like that, you will be happier. Right. You will, there will be a tendency for you to be more emotionally resilient. And, you know, me time, yeah, look, is, is, is partly, I'm, I'm, I'm looking broader than that. Yeah, you know, me time is about carving time out where you can actually sort of have some headspace, if that's the kind of, and parents often need that. But I think it's, that's part of a bigger picture. You know, why do, why do we want that me time? It's because we want to be more emotionally resilient. We want to be in a better place so that we can keep giving. And so, you know, things like nutrition, just being intentional. Now, I don't, I'm, I don't tell people what not to eat, but what I'm telling, encouraging people to, to do is to put more of a plant slant to their diet. So eat more of this stuff. I'm saying, so it's not often that you hear a health professional saying, you should eat more, <laughs> right? But that's exactly what I'm saying. We know that that can help be very helpful to people. So food feeds your mood. So consume more plants. We know that motion creates emotion. And so uh, in one of our other episodes we actually talked about the the importance of how um just moving you know taking time just to move more in which any any way whichever way you can really really important what we also know and the science here is is fascinating to my mind coming through showing the importance of outdoor spaces 
uh, for promoting people's health and well-being and their happiness in particular. One um, thing that we're discovering is that when people are immersed in blue and green spaces, right, so my little, my, in fact, the chapter in my book I call Blue and Green Should Often Be Seen, and the science coming here through showing it's not just for kids. I mean, most of us have heard about you know, things like nature deficit disorder, but, but for adults too. You know, there is something about our brains that just thrives in these blue and green spaces. And what's interesting is one of the, um, the key aspects of natural environments that seems to be critical for, our, for, you know, for keeping our cup full um, is natural light. What's interesting is that... An, now, for those who don't like numbers too much, I'll rattle them off really quickly. But we actually know that outside, we know that people to be emotionally well probably need about 10,000 lux. Now, lux is just a measure of the intensity of light. They need about 10,000 lux for at least 30 minutes each day. Now, in an indoor space, even if it's brightly lit, the most intensity that's there is probably about 500 lux. Wow, okay. Yes. Whereas you go outside on a, on a bright sunny day, there can be up to 100,000 lux. You know, even on a completely overcast day outside, you've probably got about 2,000 lux, which is around about four times the, the light intensity of, of indoor spaces. And so, you know, one thing we, we know is that, uh, we certainly know that in parts of the world where people don't get exposure to enough natural light, for example, in very high latitudes in like Canada and Alaska, um, there's actually a condition called SAD, which is seasonal affective disorder. And, um, and the remedy to that is just to, that you can actually buy light boxes. It's a true story. They get light boxes where they, they sort of sit them up and as they're reading the morning paper, they, they're, they're getting greater exposure to this light intensity. So look, the takeaway message, blue and green should often be seen. And so, you know, as part of that me time, or even if it's not just you time, if your kids are still running around like crazy, hey, go and play outside. Get them out outdoors. We know that's really, really important for, for promoting emotional well-being. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking to Dr. Darren Morton. He's the author of Live More Happy, Scientifically Proven Ways to Lift Your Mood and Your Life. And we're talking about me time. Um, and we've just been, Darren's just touched on basically three things you can do to sort of lift your mood regardless of how much time you have. That is um, moving more, eating more plant-based foods and um, being exposed to being outside really or just getting outside I'm just wondering in terms of your work in the well-being area though Darren um, this idea about prioritizing your own well-being so you're obviously trying to encourage people to live better across the board and then therefore that will help their mood Um, and that is something that I, I feel like people can take on board because it's an overall health message mm. But when it comes to that, like you mentioned, that headspace that parents sometimes need just Mm. to sort of recharge, reset their batteries, go back into that giving space, that is something I don't feel people can take on board as much. Mm. Because you can talk to any number of mums who have been had kids for like five years and have never once gone away for a night without their children, mm. with their girlfriends. You know, it's, it's something we write about and people read and go, oh, that sounds so lovely, but I couldn't possibly do that. Mm. Do you think that there is that still that, res- um, still that thing with parents that we can't say, actually, I'm, th- I'm important too. I mean, that's part of your message too, mm. surely. Yes. Oh, well, that's, you know, and, and right at the start, that, that's, that's one, I think, thing that I just... I'd actually really, really want to emphasize is that you can't pull, you can't pour from an empty jug. 
You know, you just can't do it. And so people that have this idea that, you know, parenting is a, is a, is a sacrificial game in many ways. But once again, you can't continue, you can't sustain that. It's like, I use the, the analogy of a river, right? You think about a river. If a river only outputs and never has inflow, then it just dries up, you know? And we all, I think as parents, we all know what that, that feeling of, I've just got nothing left to, left to give anymore. And so, you know, in the long term, for it to be sustainable, for you to be doing your best work, for your child, you know, those in your care and those that you relate to, you have to, you have to, you know, shift your focus from thinking that this is selfish. Now, it's not selfish. It's it's about being sustainable. And so, you know, I think that's a really important thing. And look, of course, there are other things too that we know are very uplifting for people. And I suppose it relates once again to that me time. And, and it probably depends a little bit on what kind of personality type you are. If you're a, more of an extroverted person, we know that together feels better, right? So maybe it's about being intentional about spending time with other people, you know. And, and once again, I think that the parenting world lends itself a little bit to that. And I, and I love the fact that, you know, we have, you know, play groups where people, the adults can come together and connect while the kids are doing their thing. We actually know that, for example, happy, happiness is socially contagious up to three degrees of separation. This is interesting. I mean, these, these are studies that have been published in the, you know, the British Medical Journal, very, you know, high-powered studies. We know that when someone in a social network becomes happier, or sad that, that that will actually spread to the friends of their friends' friends, right? <laughs> so it's yeah, it's, it's quite compelling. Um, so look, if that's you, then being intentional about connecting with groups of people, you know, that you can actually have some adult dialogue and talk about you know other th- things other than you know orange starts with O <laughs> and things <laughs> yes. and things like that. But for the, for other people who are more introvert and you know the, the importance of actually just trying to carve out that time sometime even if it's only 15 minutes in the course of the day where you can you can just be you and some of the exercises like mindfulness we know are incredibly powerful where you know you, you come come aside and take the time i suppose just to be more present and just really reflect on um one good thing it's not about pre- mindfulness is not like other forms of meditation which are which are sort of emptying your mind this is actually being a lot more present in that moment in time, actually be giving your full attention to one particular thing. Our brains are not great at doing this nowadays, and certainly as, as, as you know, parents too, we've we're always got one eye one direction, another eye the other direction, look at all these kids and what's going on, I've got to get this, and our, our brains are just, whoa. And what we know is that our brains actually need some still time. Right? So just carving out that time where you can just you know, focus on one good thing for, for a while is, is very, very helpful as well. Maybe with a nice cup of tea. Maybe. <laughs> Darren, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. That was Dr. Darren Morton. And for more information on his work or to get a copy of his book, you can head to our website. There'll be links there. That's kindling.com.au.